Hey podcast, just before we get you to this episode, I wanted to invite you to join us at pageantlaunch.com. We are starting the world's first dedicated pageant review site and we want you to join our launch team. All you need to do is put in your email address. It's completely free. We are looking to make the pageant industry safe, transparent, and fair, and we'd love your input on how to do that. So head over to pageantlaunch.com, whack in your email address, and let's get you to this episode. Hi, my name's Emma Jenkins. I'm the reigning Miss Universe Great Britain, and this is my interview with The Pageant Project. Hi everyone, it's Adrian from The Pageant Project. Hope you're all doing well, doing safe. I have a lovely... Oh! <laughs> Chloe Lake has decided to... Um... So... <laughs> Emma, that, that is not music that I put on because you are here. It's put on because a lovely Chloe Lake um, just donated to our pageant review site. So thank you, Chloe, for that. Oh. And that music plays every time someone donates. But... As I was saying, I've got Emma Jenkins, Miss Universe, Great Britain 29. You're going to remember this interview for a long time. Uh, with us, Emma, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. I understand and I've seen that you've been busy doing some interviews of your own. So how, how have the interviews been going with all the uh, Miss Universe GB girls? Well, it's been wonderful, actually. I mean, usually the reigning queen doesn't get a chance to get to know the girls in this way. And because of lockdown, we've tried to, you know, make the best of the situation and give the girls their chance to, to show themselves to the fans. So it's been lo lovely, actually, to spend some quality time with them on Instagram Live, getting to learn about them and just having chats, really. It's been really lovely. Has it been... Uh, a bit different for you being the one asking questions rather than the one, well, the one interviewing rather than being interviewed? Uh, I suppose not. Because of my work, I work in Welsh media. Um, presenting is, is sort of my passion. So um, I am fairly used to asking questions now. Uh, probably a 50-50 situation in my life at the moment. Which side do you prefer, interviewing or Ooh. being interviewed? Well, it was quite nice, but I didn't have to prepare anything for our interview this evening. Uh, I was able to just sit here and let you do all the work. So I suppose it's much easier being the one that's being interviewed. Yeah, I, I can I can definitely vouch for that. Uh, now, we've got a, a few comments already. Ellie Corcoran has said, can't wait for this. Chloe Lake has said, she's sorry, in all caps. Chloe, it's fine, you donated. <laughs> um, Sophia Myers has said, your accent is so beautiful um no. whereabouts does your accent come from emma i, uh, I know it's welsh i hope i got that right yeah. um yes. but whereabouts because i'm from australia obviously and i like to dig in and go okay it's not just welsh it's from this little part here or this little part there so we're about in wales uh, i live in a town called llanelli um most people struggle to say it even people who actually live here uh, struggle to say the word um so it's a, a very Welsh town in the south of Wales, just along the coast. It's a lovely place to live. Dare I ask how you spell that? It's double L-A-N-E-double-L-I. So most people say might... connectly. That's, that's how most people manage to get the word out. 
Okay, so we've got Libby Fern saying um, love Emma and Lauren Parkinson, who I'm sure you know, has said, hey, Adrian and Emma. Now, Lauren so far has one of her claims to fame is that she can say that really, really long. I don't know if you know that really long Welsh yeah. place name that ends mm -hmm. in go, go, go. That's still the yeah. only part I can say. Are you able to say that Welsh name? You know what? Some days I nail it and then some days I forget a random part. So I'll give it a go. Llanfair Pwllgwyngyll Go Gerich, Llan Dysilio, Llanfair Drobwch, Go Go Goch. Something like that. I like how you're sort of looking at me with a questioning look. I have no idea whether you got it right or not. <laughs> it sounds good to me. People ask me it all the time, and I could just say any word, because usually they don't know the word themselves. As long as it ends in Go Go Goch, they're like, that was brilliant. And I'm like, yeah, thank you. It's, I could make up anything. It's the beauty of being from Wales and not one really knowing much about it. <laughs> I, I have interviewed Gabriella Jukes, um, and she it just rolled off her tongue. In fact, she was able to do the introduction that I got you to record. She was able to do that in fluent Welsh. So that was... That yeah, was amazing, I but I look at... I speak fluent Welsh as well. It sounded, it's, look, it sounded good to me. Um, yeah. So I think I think you got it right. I'll let someone yeah. who knows Welsh better than me, you can... Um, I mean, I've already had Sadie Pullman say, because I interviewed Sadie, and she's saying that she still got it. She couldn't say it, so she couldn't quite... Yeah. Um, quite quite pull that out i'll come back to the comments in a second but there's a lot there's a lot coming in and guys if you have any questions for emma put them in the comments you know how we work here and then i'll circle back to them once i've had a chat to emma um but for people who are unfamiliar with your pageant story how did you get involved in pageantry in the first place emma and then how did you get to the point where you are today where you're the current miss universe great britain and about to hand over fairly soon yeah, well, um, you know, I've worked in Welsh media for a very long time. I work for a Welsh language television channel. So I was always involved in events going on all over Wales, uh, getting to visit them as a researcher and reporter. And, um, you know, Miss Wales is one of the things that they cover. It's, you know, a big event in Wales and something that, um, you know, the Welsh are very proud of, actually. You know, we're very passionate, yeah. patriotic people. So Miss Wales is a big event. Um, and, you know, I, I went to watch it with um, a colleague of mine who would uh, report from there every year. And I'd done, a, you know, a couple of modelling competitions and been aware of girls who had competed in pageants previously, but I'd never watched one. And um, so I went to watch, and it was the year Gabrielle Shaw um, won. And it was just a fantastic experience. I loved the glamour of it all. It was fantastic. Um, I had modelled in the past, and I just thought, oh, this seems like something I could have a go at. And mm -hmm. it wasn't until then I started looking into what is really at the heart of Miss Wales and, uh, and at the heart of pageantry in general. And I um, came to learn that you know the girls who compete are so very... Amazing is the word I think that comes to mind. They're, they're so accomplished and uh, passionate about the causes they promote and give platforms to. And I wanted to be a part of that. I'd never had a chance to be a part of something like that before. Um, and so I applied to compete for Miss Wales in 2015. And I was lucky enough to win the crown. And it was um, honestly one of the most wonderful experiences. Um, I travelled, I went to LA, I went to Bulgaria, um, and then I competed at Miss World later that year in China, which was a month-long marathon of wonder. It was just yeah. um, a real experience. And then um, I thought, really, that, that was the end of my pageant career. Though I had my eye on the Miss Universe Great Britain crown, it was something that I had 
come to um, see as a dream of mine. But I was always far too scared about um, competing right. and perhaps not being recognised or doing very well. I think there is a, an immense pressure on girls who have won other titles going of into course. another pageant. And I put that pressure on myself um, in tons. Um, but after uh, applying twice and withdrawing my application, I finally decided to compete. And um, I worked very hard and I was lucky enough to uh, win Miss Universe Great Britain uh, last year. Okay, so that is one hell of a track record. Um, applying, applying, and competing for those two, and winning those two, um, on on your first go, I, I guess people would want to know: Do you have any? Do Do you think that you have any tips or secrets as to how you've managed to do so well? Because there's a lot of girls who sort of more career pageant girls have done it for ten years, and let's say still haven't won a title. So mm -hmm. I'm sure they'd want to know sort of what's what's the secret, what's the Emma secret to entering these. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've entered the two biggest ones in the world, obviously, and you've come away with a title. So do you have any particular secrets? Um, I, you know, something I always tell people is that likability is a massive factor in pageants. You can go into your interview and you can not be making any sense and you're fumbling over your words and you're, you are, you know, the most nervous person in the world. But if you are smiling and your body language is positive and you just come across as a lovely girl, that, that really does, I think, help you tremendously. Now, I do prep. Uh, I consider myself fairly good in interview. Um, it's part of my job and what I do. So my preparation has always been, you know, top notch. I always totally commit, and I think that's important. But you know, if you do feel yourself going wrong, or uh, there's a moment where you just falter, I always say that to laugh and to smile and to apologise nicely and just to be the nice girl is the best way to compete at a pageant. And dare I ask, I mean, hopefully, fingers crossed, we have Miss Universe Great Britain coming up, although with the current health situation, who knows. Um, but do you have any plans after you hand over your title? Because, I mean, you've taken on the top two systems, or at least the biggest two. I probably shouldn't say the top, but the biggest two. You've come away with a title. So it's kind of like, well, what's next then? Yeah, you know, I think one of my biggest regrets in my pageant career is not starting sooner because, you know, I'm 27 now, um, I'll be 28 in August, so I age out of a lot of pageants now. Um, I don't think I would compete again, but obviously pageants are a massive part of my life. Um, and I love to watch them, I love to help girls prepare, uh, I've loved to judge pageants as well. So certainly I will still be very much involved in the pageant community in the UK, um, but as, um, you know, a commentator and a viewer rather than a competitor. Do you find it less stressful watching from, from the seats than competing on stage? Far less stressful, yes, but um, I can't help but just get the itch when I watch girls compete. I'm like, oh, I wish I was up there. It's just the best feeling. And, um, you know, pageant fever really, it, it's real and it's, uh, it mm. lives in me, certainly. I think um, watching pageants would be sort of the best way to pacify me and that need to be on stage. Call it catching the pageant bug. It is, it's mm -hmm. like, a, a, like a virus, but in a good sense. Yes. Um, Emma, just before I circle to the bazillion questions that I've seen already come through, and I'll read them out in a sec, um, can you give people, uh, obviously you work, work in Welsh media, as you said, um, but can you give people at the moment what 
an idea as to what your everyday sort of life is like maybe not at the moment because everyone's life is crazy at the moment but a, an ordinary look into what what emma does sort of outside of being miss universe well, to be honest, there are no two days are the same. My work is very sporadic, and I work on an array of different product, uh, different programs as different things. So, um, you know, my history, the way I got into media, really, was just as a runner. I was an assistant. I just used to uh, run and get coffees and do all of the legwork. Uh, and because I had an interest in makeup and hair, I was never trained in it. I uh, used to help out in the makeup room. And because of that experience, I was able to work as a makeup artist on lots of different productions. Um, so that's kind of been what I've used in between my presenting jobs just to keep me going. Um, right. But, you know, during uh, my prep for Miss Universe, um, I had my own documentary uh, on Welsh language television. It was an hour-long documentary following my life, um, which was very surreal and almost like therapy because you have to sit there for hours and just talk about yourself and talk about the mm -hmm. things you've been through and relationships and you know ups and downs confidence you have to go through it all and it was very bizarre and to watch it back um was you know a very proud moment for me because i think um i've changed a lot over the years and it was a real sort of yeah. nod to um how pageants had helped me develop myself become a better person and just be nice. I think it does really breed uh, um, a particular type of woman pageants. And I think it does encourage us to be, um, you know, nice to each other, to lift each other up. Mm. And that all sort of came to light in my documentary, which was wonderful. And then off the back of that, there's been lots of different programme ideas that we've been working on. Uh, you know, in I've been working with different production companies in Wales. But because of the virus, you know, all of our plans mm. are kind of on hold at the moment. But um, yes, lots of ideas in the pipeline, lots of exciting um, documentary ideas, as well as lifestyle programmes. So, you know, I can't tell you about any of them yet because we haven't been given the money from the commissioners. <laughs> yeah. Once we do and it's and it's all happening, I'll let you know. I promise. <laughs> Have you been maintaining your sanity during lockdown? Because for a lot of the pageant community, that's a that's been difficult. Uh, I didn't have much sanity before lockdown. Uh, I, um, <laughs> and you have less now. I, yeah, I'm I'm a bit crazy. I find myself talking to my dog a severe amount. Um, you know, I'm not in we all do that, language. don't we? It's in, it's in the made-up language that I use to speak to my dog, so she enjoys that. Actually, she's sick of me now. You know, dogs are usually so needy. She is. She sees me walk in the room and she just goes, <sighs> she's like, she's back to annoy me. But um, yeah, I, talking to my dog has been my main um, source of entertainment <laughs> and I look like a crazy lady. I, I thought you were going to say you don't speak to her in English, you speak to her in Welsh. You speak to her in a made-up language. Yeah, well, she is multilingual. She understands English, Welsh, and, of course, the made-up language, you know, that, that we speak to her. My, my dad and mum also speak the made-up language to Bella. She, she's, uh, yes, she's quite the linguist. Does the made-up language have a name? No, not really. I, I feel like I should probably name it. I mean, Bella's full name is Bella Booplingtons. Uh, I like to call her the Boopies. You know, that's a, a short name. So maybe something along the lines of... Of that, I'll have to think it out. 
can you give us an idea as to what this language sounds like? You have to demonstrate it. I'm, I'm dying to hear it. it it's, I mean, I full, full disclosure, I speak absolute nonsense to my cat. And honestly, yeah. I feel like if you are going past your pet and you don't speak to it in nonsense and there's something wrong with you. So yeah. I don't know if that's a measure of insanity. I hope not. But what, what sort of things or what do you say to your dog in this made up language? So obviously there's a voice that goes with the language as well. So, you know, it's like, oh, the boobies, why you got your bully on your videos? I think I'm going to I don't these are boobies. I think you've given that voice and those words, you'd be an excellent babysitter. It, it sounds like the sort of nonsense that we talk to, to babies to soothe them. It's a very yeah. soothing voice, even though we haven't said anything. And then I'm assuming that your dog looks back at you and understands everything and nods very... Yeah, she rolls yeah. on her back because she's like, yes, this is this is the time for love. She, she wants her belly rubbed. She knows that the voice means she's going to get some loves. So, yeah. It sounds good to me. Um, Emma, you've mentioned that obviously through your pageant journey, you've, you've developed yourself. Um, just before I go to the questions, in what ways would you say that pageantry, your journey has changed you or developed certain parts of your personality that you didn't have so much before? I think, um, you know, growing up, and I find that this is a real common theme amongst pageant girls, is that I never really had a hobby or something that I was good at. I'm awful at mm. sport. I've never been particularly competitive. Um, I wasn't a member of any clubs. You know, I used to go to drama clubs and things when I was much younger. Um, but as I got older, there was nothing really that I felt that I could do very well. And, um, you know, I just, I would often kind of look at my life and really wonder what I was doing with it. I felt like, yeah, okay, I've, I've got a good job and I love my family and my friends, but it was almost like an existential crisis. Like, you know, mm. but what I'm doing isn't affecting anyone positively. Like, what, what, what's the point? Right. Um, and I would ask myself that a lot. And then when I came into pageants and I started fundraising and really considering the causes that mattered to me, it opened my eyes to the fact that not only could I help others, but through helping others, I was discovering a newfound respect for myself because I I suddenly realised that I was I was doing good and that seeing mm. that good that you're putting into the world does make you love yourself and i think a lot of girls don't love themselves they don't they and they're yeah, also scared absolutely. to say that they do even if they do it's like where so where, you know it's a culture that's designed to convince us yeah. um that we're meant to hate ourselves you know and pageantry just flipped that on its head and it, it tells you to love yourself and be fierce and and do good and you know think about the things that matter to you and i think i've applied those um, lessons to my life in general I'm just a mm -hmm. far more um, worldly person I understand I'm empathetic um, and I'm passionate in everything that I do I apply um, those pageant values to my career to my friendships to my relationships and I think it's just made me an all-around better person and if indeed this is the end of your pageant journey at least for now if you were to look back at it what would you say are the things that you're most proud of Oh, I mean, there are so many things and so many moments that move me when I look back at, um, you know, the things that I've done. Um, but definitely going to India last year, it's its part of your prize package as Miss Universe Great Britain. You mm -hmm. visit India and you visit a charity called Stop Acid Attacks. And this charity 
finds and rehabilitates um, women and children who have been victims of acid attack. And it's um, a genuinely life-changing trip. But um, where my pride comes from it, from that trip was the relationships I built with the survivors and the, the people who run the charity and that they, you know, many of them don't speak English and the, the way that you can um, speak to someone through a smile or through body language, yeah. through holding their hand or giving them a hug, um, you know, there was so much love in that trip and so much love shared between us that um, it really moved me and it um, it it proved to me actually the the strength of um, the strength and power of love and kindness and how you can use that even if you don't speak the same language you can connect in that mm. way and that for me was a really proud moment of seeing that that I had that ability actually um, yeah. and you know it it was a, a tremendously moving trip and and I planned to go back there I was hoping to to go at the end of the summer. Obviously, right. COVID has uh, put those plans uh, at a stop. But um, you know, when I was leaving, they were saying, "Please come back! Please come back! You pro you have to promise that you're going to come back." So I said that I would because um, it it was very humbling and um, tremendously mm. inspirational to meet women who had been through so much and had, um, you know, said, I'm, "I won't let this break me." And it was a, a wow. wonderful thing to witness. Wow. Um, Emma, is that an organisation that uh, anyone, any of the girls watching can get involved with as well in some way? Yes, it is. Um, Stop Acid Attacks is supported by A Sisterhood, and A Sisterhood is the Miss Universe Great Britain charity. And A Sisterhood aims to help women's causes the world over. So they have Stop Acid Attacks in India, they have uh, Black Mambas, which is the first all-female anti-poaching unit in South Africa, Smalls wow. for All in Scotland that um, delivers um, underwear to... Um, villages in South Africa, as well as people in need in Scotland. Uh, there's Llamai, which is um, a homeless charity in Wales that runs special projects for Welsh um, women. And also there is the Female Genital Mutilation Centre in London that is fighting to stop that crime. So it's all about you know different female causes and them all coming under this umbrella. And Stop Acid Attacks is the one that we support in India. So if anyone would like to know more, to see more, Stop Acid Attacks have their own Instagrams and websites, but A Sisterhood does as well, if you'd like to see the bigger picture there with that charity. Big picture. Perfect. Okay, well, Emma, I've kept you nattering for a while, and the audience is about to lynch me for not reading out their questions. So, guys, I'm going to read through the questions now. If I seem to have missed yours, please put them in below. And, um, Emma, just so you know, normally the way this goes is I can't read out all the comments because otherwise I would be here dictating to you for about two hours. Um, so there are a lot of supportive comments, which I will let you go through, obviously, after the interview is done. Um, but let's say, so, for example, Rosie Minako has said that you're her role model with an X. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, another Ellie Corcoran, who's uh, the current Miss not Miss Teen GB, but I think Miss Junior. I can't remember Ellie, sorry, but she's also Welsh, and she says she can't yeah. say that Welsh place name. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Chloe Lake, um, the Chloe who donated with that lovely music. One important thing I'd like to know is, did Emma keep the nasty gal jumpsuit? Loved that haul. <laughs> you know what? No, I didn't. And I was, and I really wanted to keep it, but it was just, I, it was just so uncomfortable. I just thought, I can't. I will never wear it as much as I should. So, no, it did get returned, unfortunately. 
All right. Uh, Danielle Kite has said, beautiful woman, both inside and out. Love watching your interviews. Emily Norris has said, what a woman. Go, Emma. Megan Darlington has said, can we just appreciate Joe's ice cream? Oh, I... yes. Have you had a Joe's ice cream before? No, I thought you had someone called Joe in the background and there was an ice cream. In the... No, who's... No, what, what's no, Joe's, Joe's ice, ice cream is legendary in Wales, no pun intended. It is the best ice cream you will ever have. Uh, and they only have shops in Wales, in South Wales specifically. So if you're ever you're in Wales, you need to get a Joe's ice cream. I actually have spent time in Wales, but maybe seven, six, seven years ago. Was it around then? I don't remember yeah, seeing a Joe's. Yeah, it's been around since I was born, since, wow, since okay. long, far longer ago than that. It is, you know, okay. an institution. So if you go, you need to have the chocolate marshmallow sundae with nuts and chocolate. That sounds very healthy. I remember the last time I was in Wales, it was bitterly cold, especially for an Australian. It was during the World Cup, the Rugby World Cup. So right. that m might explain why I wasn't looking for an ice cream shop, because I think it was snowing. Uh, Rosie has said so much to learn from you. Uh, Phil Kite has said, my wife Daniel and I are friends with Emma, and we love following what she does. Respect. Love it. Uh, Megan Goldberger <laughs> said, another Welshie to add to the gang. Lauren Parkinson has a question for you. What is the most important thing you pack in your pageant suitcase? Oh, my slippers. Is, uh, are oh. there a special pair uh, no, of slippers? Or? No, just any slippers. Because when you are getting ready and you are, you know, mulling about and you're up and down, there is nothing more comforting than putting on your fluffy slippers and just feeling like your feet aren't getting dirty and you're just comfortable and secure and nice and cozy and warm. So, yeah, de definitely the slippers. The way you describe them suddenly makes me want a pair of fuzzy slippers. What colour <laughs> what, what are your fuzzy slippers? They are grey. They, they look like bare feet, basically. They don't have the claw part. They're just fluffy right. and grey. Yeah, they're nice and warm. Okay. Uh, Ellie Corcoran has said, Emma, you are a judge of mine at my very first pageant. What is it you look for in a winner? Um, I mean, it's always for me the likability factor. I'm fully aware that um, for many girls, their main way of meeting or getting to know a winner is through Instagram and social media. Unfortunately, you know, title holders can't go to every event all across the UK. And for me, I would always want, um, you know, girls that looked up to me or anyone who looked up to me to consider me, you know, the big sister they never had, someone that they can turn to for advice or help, someone who's willing to give their time. And so if I can see that someone is a very nice girl, someone who um, is selfless and is passionate, yeah. then that for me is always going to be the winner. I like to choose someone that I think will reply to those DMs from, from younger girls and who will just, you know, be that big sister figure that they need yeah absolutely that that's a huge thing um being approachable and being personable mm -hmm. uh, and helping the next generation coming up kat simpson has said emma it's okay you can be a bad smell like me and hang around for years after <laughs> oh that's a that's a lovely sentiment we, we'll be in the bad smell club together me and kat i think that'll be okay. quite well I'm, I'm glad that I read that. I didn't say that. She's also said, great to see a girl who's so good on both sides of interview, such a good aura, X. Oh. Uh, Sadie Pullman has asked, when judging, 
Sorry, oh, sorry, oh, I lost you back. for a sec. We're back. Uh, Australian internet. Sadie has asked, when judging, what are your don'ts or your biggest pet peeve? Um, you know what? I, I don't have um, very big don'ts. I've been very lucky in that every girl I've ever judged has been very good and has prepared well. Um, you know, I, I do wish that girls would extend their vocabulary sometimes you know you hear a lot of the same adjectives being used repeatedly amazing mm -hmm. is a word i use too much but in a pageant interview when girls repeatedly use the same adjective and everything is amazing you know you need you need to broaden that brilliant wonderful tremendous amazing magnificent heartwarming there are so many other words so i think learning some uh, new adjectives in order to vary your speech is probably the best thing because I am a little bit of a grammar policewoman and uh, I like for someone to be able to articulate themselves well. Of course and obviously working where you work you would have probably heard a lot and heard yourself a lot and um, that's a very good way of knowing whether what you're saying is bearable or not is by listening to your voice again and again and again and again. Mm -hmm. uh, Amber Jusen has asked a question I think we've already addressed this Amber You've, she's asked what quality do you look for in a pageant title holder um, so Emma's mentioned the likability um, and specifically responding to DMs on social. Joanna Johnson, um, who I know you just interviewed, how did competing at Miss Universe impact on your self-confidence? Um, that's a really good question, actually. I think, um, you know, going into Miss Universe Great Britain, I didn't think I was going to win. It was more a case of self-development for me. I'd uh, been through a lot of things in my personal life, and I knew that competing for a pageant would bring me out of that. And then when I won, it was obviously a wonderful experience, and it really boosted my confidence. Um, and then going into Miss Universe, I was being picked out a lot um, in the pageant hot picks and being you know, brought forward a lot, and that was wonderful mm. as well. But then, obviously, you get there, you compete, and I didn't make top 20. And that was quite difficult for me to deal with because I had been put to the front so much. And even though I didn't think I was going to win GB, I think when people convince you that you're going to do very well at, at your international pageant, it's quite difficult then to deal with it. And, you know, there were a lot of things that... Um, encouraged me to think that I'd made top 20 and um mm. you know and all of my friends at Miss Universe also are going oh well you've definitely made top 20 then you know this has yeah. happened this has happened this has been said this has been said so you know when they don't call your name then you really do question um you know how you've performed was it my dress mm. was it my hair on that day did I not smile at this judge you can really go over it and um yeah. that has been something i've had to gradually get over um because i think sometimes you you just you look for the fault you think there must have been something i did that was wrong and mm. um it's something i've had to just kind of let go of because you have to remember that you know the room that you're in is full of you know there's a hundred other 
wonderfully beautiful, intelligent, well-spoken young women, all there for the same reason. And 20 girls were chosen, meaning 75 other girls felt the same as I did. And so I had to remind myself that I was competing at the Olympics of pageantry and that regardless of my placement there, I had made it. I had made it further than I ever imagined. And it didn't change that support and the belief that people online had in me. And that, for me, was something I had to really remind myself of and say, now, Emma, don't be silly. Mm. You know, regardless of that outcome, you've had a tremendous amount of support and love from fans from all across across the world. And that, for me, was like a saving grace. It was like, no, you, you've done yeah. very well and remember that. I think sometimes you can get too obsessed with a placement, um, especially yeah. if it's you're being told all the time that you're going to. So it, yeah. it was a process for me. And um, I definitely would say that now I'm the most confident I ever have been. Um, but it, it was a very empowering and uplifting experience being at Miss Universe. It That experience didn't impact my confidence at all. It was more the fact that I didn't place when everyone thought I was going to. Yeah. If you were to have your time over again, I mean, would you put the blinkers on a little bit and isolate from all that outside noise? Um, you know, no, I wouldn't. And the reason being that actually when I didn't place... I still had that love, I still had that recognition and that um, that support, really. And, you know, it's I did this for myself. I wasn't looking for recognition or, or acceptance mm. or love from anyone, really. But knowing that people believe in you, you know, it mattered tremendously to me to know that people did um, think I was a valued competitor. I think that's what everyone um, worries is that people are going to think I didn't deserve to win. You know, I didn't deserve my title. Mm. Um, so that that outside noise actually was was what encouraged me to say, you did very well. You know, you were recognised, and and that's what counts. Uh, Ellie Corcoran has asked, and I don't know if you know Ellie, um, Emma, but Ellie yeah. is, I think, she's 15 years old. One day I would love to enter both Miss Wales and Miss Universe GB. What is your biggest piece of advice for future competitors? And to be clear, Ellie has done a few pageants and she's a current title holder, mm-hmm. but it looks like she has her eyes, I guess, on, on the biggest prizes. So what, what would be your biggest advice for her? Um, I would say just, you know, your prep is very important. Be sure to uh, prep for interview, um, to work on your vocabulary. That's a massive one for me. Um, to, you know, get training, get coaching um, and watch as many Miss Universe YouTube videos as you physically can. That was a massive part of my training with my coach. Um, you know, he made sure that I was watching all of these um previous pageants because you do you just kind of absorb it all it's the best way um and i think certainly now for miss wales miss universe great britain social media is a massive part of of being a queen and um Mm. you know being a positive role model in um what can be a very cruel place um in social media is very important and so i do tell people to really think about the things they post um, think about um, the way they look uh, and, and how they come across um, there's a fine line sometimes between being glamorous and promoting an unrealistic beauty standard and i think that is is um, a balance that is is um, difficult to get but important to get absolutely Absolutely. Uh, Joanna Johnson has asked, what advice would you give someone that is letting their inner saboteur affect them? Uh, My inner saboteur was my worst enemy when competing for Miss Universe Great Britain. It was constantly there in my head. And, 
you know, it, it's a very loud voice sometimes. It's really difficult to shut that person down in your head. Mm. Um, but you have to remember that that voice is the only voice be standing between you and your best self. And the more you do to convince yourself that that voice means nothing, it is nothing. And, you know, tell yourself out loud. When you start to think those thoughts, look in the mirror and go, I am good enough. I am the best. I will work hard and I will prove you wrong. And just saying those things out loud for me was a really important thing. Even I left a message for myself on the fridge saying, show them you can do it. Because I just wanted to remind myself every time I went to the fridge to make a cup of coffee, I was telling myself, show them, show them who you are, show them you can do it. Mm. And I think it's just constantly reminding yourself of that. Yeah. Uh, how long was that message on your fridge for? Are we talking weeks, months? Is it still there yeah. now? Uh, it, it's not there now, but it was there for months in lead up to Miss Universe Great Britain. Um, and, you know, there was a there was a couple of people who had said some not very nice things uh, regarding the fact that I was uh, competing again. Um, and mm -hmm. so I actually put their names on that piece of paper and I said, we're oh, going to wow. show you them. Right. I've, I've heard um, similar stories about girls who've written actually on their makeup mirror with, with lipstick or with mm -hmm. markers. So every time they're doing their makeup, they can see exactly what you're talking about. And I think that repetition of seeing it again and again and again is very important mm -hmm. because often you don't, you don't believe it yourself the yeah. first time you say it or the first time you read it. Um, these questions were a long time ago because Sadie commented tuning in was worth it just for that dog language. All right. So I better... better <laughs> Better get a move on. Rosie has asked, will this still be on Facebook afterwards? Absolutely. Yep, it'll be there. Uh, so I'm just going to scroll through and try and find you questions. No uh, Lauren has asked, has your mother warmed to those boots yet? P.S. No, I love them. She still hates them. I bought a pair of like platform. Um, they look like Doc Martens, you know, like the lace-up boots and they're pl proper platform ones. And my mother was outraged that I'd bought these boots. She thought they were vile, and I actually recorded her losing her mind over them. She was like, I can't believe you're being stupid. Why have you brought them into my house? She was not happy, and uh, Instagram loved it. They thought it was the most hilarious thing ever. Um, so everyone is very invested in the boots and their future in my life, but they are here to stay, and my mother still hates them. Why did she have such a strong reaction to a pair of boots she is very opinionated my mum is like the fashion police grammar police hair police you know she is my momager she is there with me right. for everything and um i think she felt my money could be better spent elsewhere was her point right fair enough uh sophie wallace who is competing uh for uh miss pageant girl uk Beg your pardon. How did you find the transition from one pageant system to another? Did you feel it was a natural progression for you? Um, yes, I did feel it was a natural progression, actually, because I was that much younger when I competed at Miss Wales. I was 23 when I went to Miss Wales and Miss World, and I was 26 uh, competing at Miss Universe. So I think my style had changed a lot. Um, I, you know, I'd grown as a, as a person and I always tell people, you know, when they say, oh, I want to compete at Miss Universe GB or Miss Wales or whatever it is. And they say, I'm going to compete at another pageant um, just as practice. And I always say, you're better off spending your time and money, um, you know, working on your platform, working on your causes and, and, and doing things that are actually helping 
other something you can talk about because if you do another pageant you can't talk about that in your interview but you know mm. working on yourself and your life and doing something good with that is is far better a far better way to spend your time so that's what i did i um you know focused on my career um really tried to make waves in in welsh media and get to where i wanted to be i mean it's been a very slow process i think miss universe great britain has definitely been um a, a massive help to get the ball rolling rolling uh, and to, to push things forward um, but there's a definite difference between Miss World and Miss Universe you know there's it, it's far more high fashion at Miss Universe you're encouraged to be more daring in your choices um, and mm -hmm. they want you to be a little bit more um, of a woman rather than a girl I think it would be the best way to put it um, so yeah I think you know at Miss Wales I was more of a girl and at Miss Universe I was more of a woman um, Megan Goldberg has actually asked that question as well. It's how did Miss World compare to Miss Universe? So would you suggest then, given what you said, that you, if someone was to take on both systems that you would advise competing in Miss Wales first or Miss World first and then transitioning to Miss Universe? Certainly, yes, I would say so. Um, you know, Miss Universe Great Britain, I've said it before, it's, it's Miss Universe is like the Olympics of pageantry. Miss Universe Great mm. Britain is arguably the highest um ranking pageant in the uk so to do miss yeah. wales first would be wise i think generally the girls tend to be a bit younger at miss wales as well um and i think it's it's a it's a safer place to start off you you know it, it's a smaller community in wales it's it's a, a very nice first pageant um you know it's as much as it's for Miss world which is massive um it's it's a very nurturing environment, I would say, at Miss Wales. Um, Paula really looks after the girls, and um, mm. and I think that definitely helped with my um, transition from uh, Miss Wales to Miss Universe. It's it's that first pageant experience for me, and it was it was really wonderful. Perfect. Uh, and we've got one final question here, and then uh, guys, I'll take Emma through the final ten questions. So if you have any questions for her make sure you put them in and i'll circle back to them after we go through the final 10 but richard john isa has asked what is the greatest contribution pageants have made to your life um i would definitely say it's the life lessons that i've been taught um richard john isa is actually my coach uh, and has been for years and um actually he has been um a very big part of my life uh, you know, I've competed at two pageants, so there was years in the middle where I didn't compete at all, and he was still always there on the other end of the phone. Uh, everything that I've gone through in my life, he's, he's been there, really. Um, you know, I, he's like my pageant dad, and, uh, um, you know, if it wasn't for pageants, he wouldn't be in my life, um, as well as Gil, um, his partner. So, you know, the, the people that pageantry have, have has brought into my life is very special, uh, but also the, the lessons I've learned, you know, being being a good person being patient and uh, knowing that everything is in in god's plan really and th and that everything happens mm. for a reason that's something that richard always tells me he said you know you didn't place at miss universe you didn't win miss universe but it's because the universe has a better plan for you and that's that's always been the way he's uh, taught me to deal with everything that's very very sage advice uh emma i'm going to take you through the final 
10, I just noticing um, there's a bit of crackling in the audio. So what I'll do is I'll place the audience just on an intermission screen and guys, we'll be back in a sec. I'm just gonna see if I can clear up the audio for, for you. So bear with us. Sorry guys, this happened to, to us um, also with Holly's interview. Um, a bit of crackling, I'm not sure where it's come from. I will look into that. But um, I'm gonna take uh, Emma through the final 10. And Emma, before I take people through the final 10, I always like to give the Queens a chance to do their shout outs or their thanks um, for everyone to everyone who supported them along their pageant journey. So is there anyone that you want to give a shout out to or thanks? Obviously you've thanked your coach already, but anyone else? Uh, my mum, of course, has been um, with me through it all, uh, through all of the stresses, you know, getting my dress sorted and alterations and, you know, sat at midnight sewing flowers on my gown for Miss Universe with me, um, you know, gluing Swarovski crystals uh, onto it and, and just all of the, the stress in the lead up to Miss Universe. She was there through it all with uh, a cheery disposition and, um, you know, a can-do attitude. And uh, I honestly would have had so many breakdowns if it was not for my mother. She has been uh, phenomenal. So, um, and also my Catwalk coach, Stephanie Francisca, she um, transformed my walk um, and she she's, you know, really all about confidence and, uh, you know, so really nurturing that confidence within you. So she's been fantastic as well. Perfect. Okay, Emma, we always finish interviews with the same 10 questions. So your turn. Here we go. Question one is, what is your favourite word? Oh, my favourite word would be, can it be a Welsh word? It can be a completely made up word. It can be a Welsh word, whatever you want. <laughs> it's a Welsh word. So the Welsh word is pilipala and it means butterfly. But I just think it's a really beautiful word. Can you say that again? Pilipala. I'm going to have to work on my Welsh pronunciation. <laughs> we have had a Welsh word um, given once. Someone, I, th I think it's a Welsh word, was kuch. I think that's kuch. hug. Kuch. Yes, yes, We've had that it one. does. Yes, a good word. I remember that one. Yeah, she said that it's just better than hug. It's like a better version of hug. Question two, what is your least favourite word? Crust. Not crusty, just crust. It's crust. It's just doesn't sound nice, does it? Crust. Well, I've had crusty. So that, that's the first time yeah. I've had crust. But crust. Yeah. I don't like that word. <laughs> Question three. In life, what gets you excited or what turns you on? Uh, food. That was a very quick answer. Uh, any particular one? Are you craving anything at the moment? Um, what, what, or what's no, your biggest guilty pleasure? I just eat anything I want at the moment. It's really dangerous. I love to cook i love to bake i love to make pastas and all sorts so if ever i have a craving i will just go and cook it myself so um anything i just get excited for dinner i can't wait to go out for a meal after lockdown and order all of the yeah. side dishes and all of the starters and just have a feast i just love food i get so excited about it Quarantine's going to be exceptionally dangerous for you then, because I've seen yes. everyone has suddenly become a um, a baker during yeah. during lockdown. Pizzas, <laughs> cakes, biscuits, you name it. So <laughs> definitely see. Question four: What turns you off? Oh yeah, incorrect grammar. It's just one of those things. I can't get past it. And when people, you know, use the wrong tense, so instead of saying I wasn't there, I say no, I weren't, and things like that. That that breaks me as a human. Can't can't handle it. 
it's so interesting you mentioned that because I've had to learn to deal with some of that because they have seemed very there's some very UK expressions which technically look like wrong grammar but everyone says it and then the one that doesn't often everyone says it is still wrong. <laughs> also, I can see how much it is. When they, um, instead of saying three, it's free, people will mispronounce th and say, say mm -hmm. it as an f. My boyfriend does this because he's northern and it upsets me very much. I, I've been told a little bit about the northerners' pronunciation. The one that really gets to me, I don't know if you've noticed this one, but when people say should have, or could have, and they put should of, or should could of. of. Oh. Which literally, guys, if you're watching, just public service, I can't think of a single, Emma, correct me if I'm wrong, I can't think of a single situation in English where should of would actually make any sense. No. Should have. I, yeah. <sighs> and people get should of because of the abbreviation should have, but it's yeah. should have, not should of. I'm a huge grammar yeah it really annoys me i've had to, to tune it down otherwise i would get annoyed all the time you're literally looking like you're clenching your jaw and going red in the face right now so we'll move on to things that maybe don't annoy you quite so much question five is what sound or noise do you love oh um no i actually love you know you're in an elevator and it makes a ping noise when you get there mm -hmm. I love that noise because it reminds me of being in this world because um, you'd be in the elevator like a million times a day and everyone would bundle in and you'd have like 25 girls in a 10 capacity elevator because apparently girls don't care. And the, you know, the elevator would actually be like juddering, trying to move and making oh, no. this noise because it wanted us to get out and no one would. And it was, you know, a... a, a a real anxiety causing situation. However, it is quite a funny memory now. So yeah, that that would be my favourite noise. Yeah, because you survived. I mean you gotta you gotta be careful. I did get stuck in an elevator once and I can tell you it's not it's not pleasant. I had to pry the doors open and climb out between two levels and everything. Oh, so, gosh, um, no, I don't know. I don't want to do that. Yeah, no. yeah, I don't I don't recommend that. Uh, <laughs> question six, what sound or noise do you hate? My alarm in the morning. Common one. What time is it set for? Well, at the moment, it, it's not set for any time at all. So I just wake up when I want. <laughs> it's usually when my dog decides that she's had enough. So it's usually about 8.39. Um, but generally, I still don't have a normal waking up time. It could be 5am, it could be 9am. It, it depends on what I'm doing that day. Right. Question seven. If you could have any one superpower, what would you pick and why? To eat anything without putting on weight. There's well, a common well, theme you, here, isn't there? I, I was going to say, do you have a fa favourite food? You just sound like you eat anything that's baked or anything we put in front of you will disappear. Is it literally... Is there a food you don't like? Um, sweet corn. <laughs> That's so funny because there are, I know two UK girls who their favourite thing in the whole world is sweet corn, and that's the one thing you dislike. I hate it so much. And, you know, when you order a tuna sandwich and then sometimes it's just there, just creeping in an imposter sweet corn. Why is it? No, it's not nice. Why is it there? I'm not a fan of it.
I would never have guessed that in a million years. The one thing that you wouldn't eat is sweet corn. Okay, um, the hard-hitting questions coming at you. Question eight. What occupation other than your own would you most like to attempt? That is a good question. Um, you know what? I am one of these people who just dips into lots of different things. I'm a bit of a jack of all trades. But I think if I didn't um, pursue presenting, something that's quite similar, but definitely acting, I think, would have been my other choice. Mm. I was supposed to go to acting school. That was my plan. I, I applied for the university that I wanted to go to. And then I decided to take a year out and happened to get a job uh, as a runner at a TV production company. So that kind of wow. really rewarded me away from acting. But um, I yeah. still love it. I love the theatre and I love to sing and dance. So... Well, it certainly could be on the cards. Now, it's certainly not too late. Question nine, what occupation would you definitely not like to attempt? Um, that is a good question. Uh, you know what, actually, one of my best friends um, is a solicitor and she does, uh, she works with family law and child protection. And, you know, I see how stressed she is sometimes and the things she has to deal with. Um, you know, I she's a tremendously strong person to be able to do the job she does. And she does phenomenal work. And I'm really proud of her, actually. But I don't think I could ever be uh, strong enough to do the kind of job. So I think I'm, I'm far mm. too emotional to do anything like that. To where you see people, um, you know, going through hardships, especially children. So I would be awful at that. So definitely not anything like that. Yeah, that's similar to an answer I've had quite often is a doctor, not because of not wanting to be a doctor but you know especially given what's happening yeah. at the moment it would be just emotionally yeah. traumatic on a daily basis uh final question if heaven exists what would you like to hear god say when you arrive at the pearly gates um <laughs> are you ready to party What was that accent you just put in there? That no, certainly didn't sound... America, isn't he? You would be. If he's, if he's a party <laughs> god, you'd be American. Like a frat boy. <laughs> we, we never know. Who knows? Um, I just went, that's suddenly that's a different accent. So, And that is definitely not the first time I've heard that answer. There's a lot of people who want to get to heaven and have a massive party, which, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, Emma, we just got a couple more questions. Uh, Sadie has asked, what is one piece of advice you would give 10-year-old Emma? Um, hmm. Just um, not to let the actions of others make you question who you are and um, the way you think and the way you feel because um, everything you feel is valid and um, you've never been wrong and you will never be wrong. Imagine that, 27 years, and I've never once been wrong. <laughs> is there anyone in your life who would disagree with you? My your mum about your boots? My mum is in the other room shaking her head at the phone and rolling her eyes like, oh, she's never wrong, eh? But you know what? My mum thinks she's never wrong. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree, so. So has she ever been more vocal about anything other than your boots or has this been like the single greatest falling out that you guys have had is over a pair of boots? Oh, yeah, I think that was the most, um, you know, triggered I have seen her over anything, actually. Um, she went from zero to 100 real quick when she saw those boots. It was, uh, it was quite wow. tremendous, the, the reaction. It, it was brilliant, actually. 
Well, it almost sounds like you did it to to get the zero to one hundred reaction. Not that anyone would ever do that. No. I do enjoy winding her up. It is my favorite hobby. So. I was trying to give you an easy out there, Emma, but you you just ignored it and drove yourself straight over the cliff. That's okay. Apologies to mum. I do feel for for pageant mums. It's not it's not an easy trade. You sit you you work for hours and hours slaving over. It's basically slave labour because you don't get paid, and then you got to sit in the audience and watch your daughter perform, and you're like, oh my god. I say to my mum, you know, when she, if she does complain, or if I put my feet up on her on the couch and she looks at me, I'm like, mum. You decided to have a child and you will have to deal with the consequences. She's like, Emma, you are 27 years old. When are you going to move out? <laughs> like, no, I like it here. It's nice. <laughs> I, I think um, Emma might be looking for a new house after this and after lockdown finishes. So if you would like a roommate, uh, contact, get in contact with Emma. Uh, okay, Emily Redford has asked, any onstage tips? Um, to never drop your smile to compete until the very moment that you are off the stage. You know, you keep going, you never let it drop. Um, and to take your time, don't rush it, enjoy the moment. And final question, Vanessa Owen has said, your hair always looks flawless. What's your hair care routine and how do you curl it? Um, so this is a question I get a lot. Um, the hair care products I use are from Kerastase. They are by far the best products I've used. And actually, when I switched to Kerastase and I went back to my hairdresser for a haircut, he was like, have you changed your shampoo and your conditioner? And I was like, mm. yes, how did you know? And he said, your hair is transformed. He said, I can't believe the difference in your hair from before. And my hair was pretty healthy before, really. So it's definitely been a wonderful treatment for my hair. And then uh, with curling, I've actually used something different to what I usually use tonight. Usually I use the GHD Soft Curl Tong. Mm -hmm. uh, the amount of them I have sold for GHD, I shouldn't be on commission because <laughs> I'm constantly telling people how good it is. And I do pin curls for pageant. But today yeah. I used a fine smaller tongue and I did small sections and then I combed it out. Right. Okay. Well, Vanessa, I hope that that answers your question. I understood some of those words. I'm not going to lie and say I understood <laughs> all of them. Uh, and Richard John Iser has said Tanya is indeed the best. I think Nicola Tincom has put favourite noise, and she I think she's put a champagne popping emoji. Oh, that makes sense. Yes, that does make sense. Okay. Well, Emma, we're at the end, so thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed. It's been a pleasure. I will remember the made-up dog language for as long as I live. Yes. I, I might the cat make to see that. She I might make it my ringtone. I mean, this, the cat might scratch off my face. Cats are very <laughs> different. If they don't like it, you you end up getting swatted in the face. But uh, I'll keep you on the line for language. So you know, might not work. Yeah, yeah. I I have my own nonsense language for speaking to the cat, so I might stick with that. But I'm going to keep you on the line for just a second, Emma, whilst I hang up with the audience. Thanks everyone for watching. Thanks for all your questions, and we'll speak to you next time. What's up guys, it's Adrian again. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember to head over to pageantlaunch.com. Join our launch team for our review site. It's super important to all of us to make sure that the industry is safe, transparent, and fair. So head over to pageantlaunch.com, write in your email address, and we'll speak to you next time.